Oh, I want to welcome all the visitors here. Man, we got a pretty good crowd here today. There has to be some kind of an attendance record. But here's why. Are you ready? People are hungry. They come because they get fed. Amen? They get fed with the presence of God. They get fed the Word of God. Amen? And we do have some special guests. Paul and Karen Holdren are in the house today. The itinerant pastors before I came, who we all love you. Thank you so much for joining us today. Amen? All right, who wants to get into the Word? Hallelujah. Go to Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12. And we're going to look at verses 1 and 2. Hallelujah. By the way, before I forget, I do want to throw this out. There is an annual business meeting for Living Waters Chapel on the 26th of this month, right? I believe, is it, was it 6 o'clock? Is that right? I believe it's 6 o'clock. So anybody who, if you give to this ministry and you want to be involved, you want to see what's going on, the books are opened. Amen? They're not just open to Revelation. They're open in the financial aspect. Amen? Of this church. If you're giving here, you deserve to know what's going on with your money. Amen? And we want to hear from you on that. So the 26th, mark it down. We have a great time of fellowship and, and food after. All right? So Romans chapter 2, or 12, verses 1 through 2, and it says this. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, Christians, by, uh, by the mercies of God. Hey, listen, sometimes after praise and worship, I'm like so out of it. Uh, you, I might mess up on some of the reading. You understand, right? Okay. All right. That you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Now, I have a lot to say today, so please stick with me. Can you stick with me? All right, all right, just stick with me because I think this is really going to be a blessing to you. Today, I want to talk about the power of perspective. And we talk, some of the songs we sang, I'm like, Holy Ghost, you had it. You, you nailed it. You nailed it again, Holy Ghost. Amen. The word perspective is defined as this. Ready? A particular attitude toward or a way of regarding something or a point of view. Say perspective. Are you a, half, a glass half full or are you a glass half empty kind of a person? Come on. If you're, listen, if you're a glass half empty kind of a person, two things. If you're in this church, two things will happen if you're that half empty person. You're never going to come back again because there's just too much joy in here. Or you're going to stay and your perspective is going to shift. Say shift. See, people can see the same event. They can see the same situation and yet have different views, different perspectives on it. Now, here is the danger with perspective. Sometimes our perspective gets tainted. It gets twisted. It gets perverted for, from what's really going on. Are you following me? If you have the wrong perspective, if you have the wrong attitude, it will prevent you from seeing the truth about a person. It will prevent you from seeing a situation uh, that you're going through, the truth of a situation. Amen? Here's the key. Listen to this. The key is this, that we must make sure that we are viewing everything through the lens of God's Word and through the heart of God. And if you're viewing it through God's Word, you're going to be connected to the heart of God. Are you following me? See, God doesn't look at the outward appearance, but He looks at the heart. Amen? All right? The wrong perspective will cause us to miss what God is doing in, in a person's life. Oh, we're going to talk more about that in a minute. Because we're too focused on things in the natural realm, right? We're too focused, okay? But if we don't have the proper perspective from the Word of God and the heart of God in our life, we will live a life of defeat. We will live a life of misery on this earth. I'm just promising you, you right now, if your perspective is off, your whole life is a mess right now. All right? All right. However, if we maintain that proper perspective, our life will be filled with purpose. It'll be filled with joy, no matter what is coming our way. 
no matter what is coming our way. See, you're either viewing things from the perspective of the fleshly view, the carnal view, or your born-again spirit view. That's it. From the view of faith or from a fleshly, worldly perspective. And Romans uh, 12, 2 said, we need to renew our mind, right, with the Word of God, opposed to being conformed, pressed into the mold of this world. How many of you know this world is trying to press us into the mold? All right. Anybody watch the Grammys lately? Doing satanic rituals right on there. See, the devil isn't even hiding anymore. And then we wonder why this generation is a mess. Amen. So the word, listen, the word renew. I found something very interesting about this. The word renew means this. To resume an activity. I love it. After an interruption. Oh, man, listen, let me just come here. We go. The word renew means to resume an activity after an interruption. How many of you know that in this life we have many interruptions and distractions from this world system from the devil? Amen. Amen. And in that that distraction, those interruptions have changed our perspective on how we see life. Mm -mm. But now. When we renew our mind with the Word of God, we are resuming the activity of getting back to the will of God. We're getting back to how God sees things. Amen? Remember in the book of Acts, it says, uh, some unbelievers said, man, these, these people who are preaching the gospel, they're turning the world upside down. But in reality, their perspective was off because Christians are trying to flip it right side up where God intends it to be. See? And it's all about their perspective. The world has a tainted view, a perverted view. Are you following me? So that verse is telling us, unless we do something with our thought life, the default position is that we will be conformed and pressed into the mold of this world system. Now, uh, at at Crystal, at uh, our faith and uh, healing school, it's been amazing. Who's been showing up for that on Thursdays? I mean, it's been powerful. So this week she talked about the importance of repentance. Say repentance. See, many people think that's just a word for the unbeliever. Oh, no, no. Christians, we need to repent. And all that means is this, a mind change, a shifting of your thought life. Amen? It's time to get rid of those interruptions. Come on, somebody. Repentance is a mind shift or a change of mind. If you're, if you're negative all the time, you need to repent and renew your thought life. So, and we know that this world system here is opposite of the word of God in the kingdom of God. Amen. So a part, listen to this, a part of the definition of the word perspective was this, a particular attitude towards something. You ever known a Christian with a horrible attitude? Come on, somebody. Attitude deals with our emotions. Perspective deals with our mental view or our mind or our thought life. All right? I'm talking about the power of perspective today. All right? All right? So we, when we renew our mind or our thought life with the Word of God, it will affect, it will affect our attitude. It will affect our emotions and our mental view toward people and situations and every situation we encounter. If your attitude is negative all the time, your mind has not been renewed. You, here's what happened. You failed to retain the word of God in your thought life. That's what happened. How many of you know, it's, it's, that's why the word of God says that the, the word of God is a mirror. We look in it. We read it. And then we walk away and we forget it said who we were. Are you following me? The Word of God is a mirror. When we read the Word of God, it's telling us who you are in Christ. It's telling exactly who you are. But then we walk back in and we go to our secular jobs and all that. And all these interruptions, all these distractions. And we forget who we were when we looked in the mirror of God's Word. A renewed mind will cause you to see things differently than before you were born again. Amen? You will have and maintain a positive attitude and there will be some positive emotions. How do you know if your mind's not renewed? If your emotions are out of control, your mind has not been renewed. 
That's, that's a pretty good uh, uh, thing to look at, all right? That's an indicator. Say indicator. Listen to this. A renewed mind attracts the spirit of faith on your life. Faith is not negative, it's positive. Faith, if you're walking in faith, it has a healthy outlook on life. If you are negative all the time, you are no different, listen, than a lost and dying world that's on their way to hell and the lake of fire for eternity. Don't allow people or circumstances to change your perspective on life. Surely God has more. Surely God expects more out of a people that he has delivered from eternal damnation. Come on, somebody. Surely God has more for us than constant negativity and projecting hopelessness. For projecting emotional uh, hopelessness and heaviness everywhere we go. Have you ever had that? You walked into a place. You walked into a place of Christians and you feel a heaviness. There's just a, there's that negativity. Nobody wants to be around negativity except for negative people. Are you following me? Nobody wants to be around that. Listen, no wonder that people that hang out with negative Christians don't want anything to do with Jesus Christ. It's no wonder because they're not being a faithful or true ambassador of the truth. Amen. See, having the wrong perspective in life can keep people, here's the sad truth, can keep people from making Jesus Lord of their life. And I don't know about you, but I don't want that on my spiritual resume. Do you? I don't want that written in the book of remembrance up in heaven. Amen? Oh, they're they're negative all the time. Come on. They're negative all the time. They they prevented 2,226 people from getting saved. Oof. Everything we do, every idle word that comes out of our mouth is being written down. Are you, are you hearing me? I mean, this is not, I'm not trying to scare you. This is just the truth. See, I'm trying to shift your perspective back to what it should be. It's time to, come on, refocus. Amen? We need the proper perspective. We need the Word of God-based perspective on our life. Now, all right, let's jump into this. I laid the foundation. Um, Colossians 3. Colossians 3. I'm telling you, I got a lot to say today, all right? Or the Holy Ghost does. Here we go. Colossians 3, 1 through 3, I want to look at. If you want breakthrough in your life, this is all part of it right here. You will never have breakthrough if you cannot shift your perspective, your negative perspective on life. Colossians 3, 1 through 3. It says... If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind or thought life on things above and not on things of the earth. I don't think that's a suggestion. Are you following me? Verse 3. For you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. Now, here we go. If you have been raised with Christ, meaning if you're a born-again Christian, if, you are, if you're a born-again Christian, we are commanded to seek those things which are above. And once you take hold of truth from above, we are commanded to set our mind on those things and not on things of the earth. Now let's get deeper into this. We need to, this is what we need to be as Christians. Are you ready for this? We need to be on earth as it is in heaven, Christians. We need to be on earth as it is in heaven, Christians. Because you know you're a citizen of heaven. You know that, right? Not only do you have a citizen here in the United States, or if you're watching wherever, Zambia, whatever, ever yet. Not only do you have earthly citizenship, but you have heavenly citizenship. You have dual citizenship. Think about that. You have citizenship in the natural realm. You have citizenship in the spirit realm. Listen to this. With our soul or mind, with our thought life, we are commanded to seek and to set or our focus on spiritual things, okay? This is where many Christians go wrong. Now, you could throw one more word into that mix. So it said seek and set. Seek things above and set your mind on things above. You could throw one more word on that and not do any injustice to the Word of God, and it's this. You could say seek, find, and set. How many of you know you can seek all your life and never find anything? Seek with the purpose of finding. 
Are you following me? Seek, find, and then set your mind on it. So the purpose of seeking is to find something. Seeking is an action word. It is a pursuit of truth. Amen? All right, now, here we go. So we are expected to seek truth in the Word of God and this, and deeper revelation from the Holy Spirit in prayer. Okay, let me, let me see. Um, let me try to reward it. Here we go. We are expected to seek truth in the Word of God and deeper revelation from the Holy Spirit in prayer. So not only are we supposed to read and feed on the Word of God, but we are expected to take it to prayer to get deeper revelation. Are you following me? So to seek those things which are above means to seek revelation of heavenly things from the Holy Spirit. Oh, okay, here we go. Here we go. Seek revelation of heavenly things from the Holy Spirit so we can manifest heaven on earth. Do you follow that? So on earth as it is in heaven, we need to maintain a heavenly perspective. So when it says seek those things which are above, we need to study our other citizenship. What is in heaven that's lacking on earth? Quite a few things, isn't there? But we are expected to advance the kingdom of God right here on this earth. See, so many Christians, they just kind of have that attitude. Oh, things are going to stay evil. Things, what's the point of even trying? They're going to be... No, 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 no. We're expected to push and advance the kingdom of God and power. Amen? We entangle ourselves with things that have no heavenly value. Oh, listen. I said we entangle ourselves with things that have no heavenly value. It's a waste of time. Paul called it dung. Everything else compared to knowing Christ is dung. Amen? So many Christians, here we go, do not actively seek truth for themselves. They got saved and they remain spiritual babies for the rest of their life. They end up living the rest of their life with a worldly, a carnal, negative, and hopeless perspective. What a sad thing. When all this time... There's so much provision here in the Word of God. We have so much power through the Holy Ghost, the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead, but they never tap into it. When you are pursuing truth and you find it, when you find a promise in the Word of God, hold on to it. Don't let it go. When the Holy Spirit gives you revelation, write it down. Don't let it go. Amen? Meditate on it. Meditate on it all, all right? So what you're trying to do, like I said before, you're trying. Here's what we need to do. We need to disconnect from the natural realm. We need to disconnect. That's why it says, seek first the kingdom of God. But many people want to jump in and, oh, I can do it better than God can, right? I need to jump in because God needs my help. No, what he said to do was seek and focus on spiritual things first. Say first. It's getting mighty quiet in this church today. I, I don't know. It's getting, oh my goodness, here we go. All right, we're going to pound down through here. Ready for this? So set is defined as this, to stand or to stay in a specific position. To stay or stand in a specific place or position. So to set our mind means not to let your mind move away from the truth. It means to consistently keep that truth fresh in your thought life. Now, what do you mean, Pastor James? Oh, okay, let's do this. How about, uh, guys and girls, when you're, you, know, you meet someone that you like? Come on, I'm gonna get, let's get down to When you meet someone that you like, right? You're single, you meet someone you like, you can't get them off your mind. You're infatuated with them. Do you remember, I mean, how long has it been? Come on. Anybody remember this? Do we need to rekindle in our marriages, rekindle some of this, these feelings? Come on. Remember, you couldn't get them off your mind. You thought about them all the time. That's what God expects from us. He wants us to be infatuated with him. Come on, somebody. So don't forget that truth. Come back, he said, to your first love. Remember, the, remember your first love. And, and by the way, just a little tidbit for marriages. Remember that time when you guys first met. Stir up those emotions. Wow, it's really getting quiet now. We're talking about this. 
stir up those, uh, those emotions. Stir those things up of what originally drew you to that individual. Amen? Hallelujah. Well, the last couple sermons, I've thrown some marriage counseling stuff in, so we're checking that off the box. All right? But if you set the radio on a certain station, you set the radio on a certain frequency, you want to keep or maintain that station on the radio. You, your focus stays on the frequency of heaven. Oh, come on. Your thought life stays on the frequency of the Holy Ghost. Amen? So things above is referring to spiritual truth and spiritual things through Christ and the Word of God and revelation from the Holy Spirit, deeper revelation of those things. Amen? So we know that because Colossians 3 uh, contrasts seeking things above with seeking things on the earth. Seek those things. Don't seek these things. Come on, somebody. Amen? Amen? All right, so it is a battle, it's the age-old battle between the spiritual and the natural, between the flesh and the spirit, right? I mean, there's that wrestling match going on, right? All right, but you can do it. If we're commanded to do something, God says you can do it. You're able to do it. I'm not asking something you're not able to do. You're just not willing to do it. See, See, we're called disciples, a disciplined one. It takes discipline to reel that thought life back in, doesn't it? So the truth that we pursue in the Word of God and receive from the Holy Spirit, the truth that we find in the Word of God in Revelation, we are to set our mind or our thought life on those things and don't let them go. All right? We must consistently keep those truths fresh in our thought life. Joshua 1.8 instructs us to meditate on the things of God. The Word of God, night and day. Last time I checked, that's 24 hours. Am I right on that? When you're awake, come on, somebody. And when you sleep, anybody have prophetic dreams, spiritual dreams? Oh, isn't that awesome when that happens? All right. The moment we forget the truth that we were pursuing and that we found is the moment that our thought life shifts back to the carnal, back to the worldly perspective that is impossible to generate faith on the inside of us. Now, that is the moment that we start to backslide in our Christian walk. I always say it this way. There's no standing still in the Christian walk. Have you found that out? Some people think, well, I'm just going to stay where... No, no, there's no standing still. If you're not moving forward, you're backsliding. You're falling away, all right? So... Um, it, it will shift your perspective of people from seeing their heart, come on, and God's heart for them to a carnal view. We, we want to start seeing people through God's view, don't we? It will negatively affect your ministry to people on this earth. It will negatively affect the ministry. See, here's why. Ready for this? Faith works by love. Say love. Maintaining the proper word-based perspective will help you to stay in love. And if you stay in love, you stay in faith. You see, here's the deal. Are you ready for this? Some people have a lot of faith. They have tons of faith, but they don't have love. And that disqualifies them. Say disqualify. A negative perspective pulls you out of love and your faith will not work. So you might not have a faith problem, the root might be a love problem. Now, what is love? We talked a little bit about this in the men's meeting. Awesome time. Okay, love means your motive for doing something. Say motive. The motive always needs to be loved. That doesn't mean you have to be seeker sensitive and sticky sweet. That's not what it's talking about. It's saying your motivation better be love. Are you following me? To pull people out of the pit. To pull them out of darkness. Amen? Always stay within the boundary of love and the motive of love and your faith will work. All right? So without faith, it's impossible to please God. We all know that, right? Hebrews 11. It doesn't mean, listen to this, it doesn't mean that God doesn't love you. He does. But he may not be pleased with you. Okay, let's talk about this a little bit now, right? All right, here we go. It's like our children or a family member, right? We still love them. But man, there's times they don't bring us joy. I, right? Oh, I, I, I know I hit, a, I hit home on that one. Right? But I don't know about you, but I want to bring joy to my heavenly father. 
I want to be, and God is so good. He told us how to do it. He said, stay in faith. And if you're going to walk in faith, you better stay in love. Are you following me, somebody? So I love this. Our faith, our trust in him has the ability to bring our creator God joy. Just know if you're walking in faith, you're bringing him joy. If you're not, you might not be pleased. He still loves you. He still loves you, but you're a stinker. (laughs) Are you following me? Get back in faith, you unbelieving thing, right? Come on, somebody. So when you stop trusting God in his word, it disappoints him because he demands faith and trust from his children. And you know what? He's never given us a reason not to trust him. Now, some of you think he did because some of you are blaming God for things he has never done in your life. It was the devil. It was evil people that did this thing, and God had nothing to do with it. Are you following me? That's why God will never fail. He can never fail. He has your best interest in store, and that's why he demands faith. See, what's sad is you, some people, some Christians put their faith more in people than in God. I don't know about you, but I've been burned by people before. Have anybody here? All right. So the only mindset that believes all things are possible is a spiritual mindset. It is impossible to to have a carnal, fleshly mindset and believe for the impossible. Who wants to believe for the impossible here? Amen? Then you need a spiritual mindset. You need to shift your perspective on life right now. So I want to go a bit deeper. I want to connect faith with perspective in a greater way. All right, here we go. So we know... We know now to change our perspective in life as Christians, we need to renew our mind with the Word of God, and we need to be a person of prayer. We need to seek revelation from the Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen. I always say it this way. We can read the Word. All Christians read the Word, right? Now, you can go to a 3D movie. you got two people there. you got one wearing the, the, the glasses, and it's clear as a bell. you got some sitting there, and it's blurry as can be. They don't have the glasses. We need the Holy Spirit glasses to read the Word, to take everything that's in the Word. Are you following me? That's how there's so many divisions in the body of Christ. Because they're sitting down to read it, and it, doggone it, it's like they're, they're looking at that 3D movie without the glasses. Well, you're not going to see anything. You might pick up a word here and there, but we need the Holy Ghost. We need the author to reveal, the author of the word to reveal what he meant. And that's what Jesus said. He said, when the Holy Spirit comes, he's going to take you deeper into this word. He's going to show you things. In fact, he's going to show you things that I'm not, I haven't been able to tell you about. But when the Holy Spirit comes, who is your teacher, he's going to come. He's going to live inside you and just be sensitive to him. Now, here's another thing. All Christians have the Holy Spirit living inside of them. But there's all these divisions. Why? Because some don't care or are not in tune with the Holy Spirit. I'm telling you, your relationship with the Holy Spirit is so important. I mean, he will take you to a whole new level in your walk with God. Amen? So, here we go. So, it's the difference between having faith and a carnal and worldly mindset. Go to Hebrews 11. Hebrews 11, we have to shift our perspective. Listen, we ought not be walking around like the world's walking around. We should not be living like the world's living. Are you hearing me, somebody? When we go through a situation, we shouldn't be doing that, right? We shouldn't, we shouldn't have the same attitudes as an unsaved person, all right? God has so much more for his children. Hebrews 11 one through three. It says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good testimony. By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that the things which are seen were not, uh, were not made of things which are visible. Verse three is telling us the root of everything is spiritual. The root of it. If you're ignoring the spiritual aspect in your life, good luck on life. Good luck walking on in, in, in the blessing. You're not going to do it. Are you hearing me? Faith. So let's do this. Faith is substance and evidence. That's what it tells us right there in verse one. Faith is substance and evidence. Say substance and evidence. 
Pay attention to me now. It is evidence of things hoped for. All right? So we know in this verse that it is impossible to have faith if you first don't have hope. It's impossible to have faith if you don't have... I'm talking about perspective today, by the way. Hope is a confident expectation. Hope is a confident expectation. It's an expectancy for the future. All right? So I'm, ta- I'm talking to Christians here. I'm not talking to unbelievers out in the world. All right? This is for Christians. All right? Here we go. A carnal or worldly mindset lacks hope. A carnal or worldly mindset lacks hope. There is no confidence for the future in a negative perspective on this life. All right? Now remember, so to even get to faith, you first have to have hope. Are you following me? So here we go. In fact, it is full of hopelessness because the only remedy, here's what's going on on a person with hopelessness with the wrong perspective. The only remedy to their problem or circumstance from their false, twisted perspective is this, that their problem must be solved only by human means. By the natural realm only. That's that they're putting all their eggs in one basket and it's called the natural realm. Self-help. Come on, somebody. Help yourself and get in the Word of God. And get the right perspective. That's what you need self-help for. Listen to this. So that is what that person is focused on. The hopeless person, the hopeless Christian, the unbelieving believer. Are you following me? This is what they're focused on, only human and natural ability. All right? So that is going to give them a perspective on life that is the exact opposite of what God created them for. So that person that's only focusing on human ability and the natural realm, they're totally out of order in their life. Say out of order. They are outside of their purpose, and it creates an anxiety, it creates a fear, it creates emotional heaviness and depression. And unfortunately for some, it has led some to suicide. Are you following me? They are believing a lie and are blinded because of a failure to keep their mind focused on the truth of the Word of God. They have failed to maintain a spiritual mindset. And the only thing that can give you a spiritual mindset is the Word of God and prayer. you got to have both. Say both. Many Christians only view, view situations through an anxiety, fear, or worry because they fail to set their mind or thought life on the promises in the Word of God. The Word of God, listen, here's what happens. The Word of God will never satisfy an unrenewed carnal mindset. Oh, we're going to go deeper here. Say deeper. So the Word of God will never satisfy an unrenewed carnal mindset, okay? Fear is a perspective. Anxiety is a perspective. Worry is a perspective. Amen? I know many of those emotions can be very overwhelming, especially when you face something that's going on and it it just hits you. Sure, remember what I said. You have 17 seconds to cast that, that fear down. Say 17 seconds. You have 17 seconds. If you meditate on that fear, anxiety, worry, and, and all that stuff, if you meditate on that more than 17 seconds, it becomes a stronghold in your thought life. All right? So emotions cannot run or drive your life because emotions will always deceive you. Emotions will take you outside of the boundaries of the Word of God. Are you following me? So, all right, so obey God while the enemy and negative emotions are screaming at you to stop. When that fear, when that anxiety, well, you, you just, sometimes you just got to do it afraid. Because you, you just can't wait. You can't wait for that to be gone. You, you can't do it or else you'll never do it. And that's what Satan wants. He wants you to be led by your emotions. Well, I'll do it when I start to have peace. You're not going to have peace because it's taking you outside of your comfort zone. And anywhere outside of the comfort zone, say comfort zone, these emotions will attack you. All right? Are you following me today? So do it anyways. 
And that is the place where you, when you step out in faith to do it, despite your emotions, despite the enemy screaming at you, that is when the strength and ability of the Holy Ghost kicks in. That's when the helper begins to help. Are you following me? So when we are weak in our flesh, we are strong in our spirit. And that's when we step out in faith. Come on, somebody. Here's the deal. Listen to this. So faith is substance and evidence in the spirit realm. Faith is spiritual. Say that. Say faith is spiritual. So then we know that faith then is evidence in the spirit realm. Faith has nothing to do, as I say it all the time, faith has nothing to do with this natural realm. Faith has nothing to do with your human ability. You might be good at something, but faith has nothing to do with it. That might be a gift in the natural. Are you hearing me? So the carnal or worldly mindset, like I said, is always looking for substance and evidence in the natural realm. The carnal and worldly mindset is always looking for substance and evidence in the natural realm. But the spiritual mindset is confident and satisfied with the spiritual substance, the spiritual evidence of the Word of God. Are you starting to see the difference of the two perspectives, two point of view? So in, in a spiritual mindset, God's Word, His promises trump What's going on in the natural realm? Sure, the natural realm, you might have a fact going on. I get it, right? We're not dumb to it. We understand there's a fact, but the Word of God is truth. And you better start exalting truth over the fact. Come on, somebody. So remember, all of the benefits through Jesus are spiritual blessings, and our faith pulls them into the natural realm. Let's look at Ephesians 1.3. Ephesians 1.3. And it... It'll be up there probably. But Ephesians 1.3 tells us that we are blessed with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places or above in Christ. Notice it, did, it didn't say anything about the natural realm there, did it? It didn't say anything about the natural realm. Blessed be the God and Father of, the, of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. You want, here's the deal. So when you get saved, things just don't happen automatically to you. You got to put your faith on every promise in the word of God and faith is spiritual. So, so when you're believing in a promise of God, you are taking hold of the spiritual reality of the promise in the word. Now, listen, check this out. Colossians 3 commands us to seek and to set our minds on things above where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God, right? So Ephesians 1.3 there said that we're blessed with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. Heavenly places means above, right, in Christ. Our Heavenly Father, here's what's going on. Our Heavenly Father wants us to get a heavenly perspective or a higher perspective of our position in Christ where He is sitting at the right hand of God. Too many people, you're viewing your situation from an earthly plane. God says, come up higher. You're better than this. I got a promise for you. To pull you out of this pit. Amen? And then you tie this into it. The Word of God says in Psalm 119.89 that forever, O Lord, your Word is settled in heaven. Where is heaven? It's above. Your Word is settled. So the Word of God is settled in heaven. But listen to this. We as Christians must settle it or establish it or make it manifest on this earth by our faith. You look at that verse, uh, Psalm 119, 89. It says nothing about the Word of God being established on earth. It says it's established or settled in heaven. Are you following me? Come on, listen. Here we go. So here's what's going on. Our soul or our mind, our thought life, we must lock into the Word of God from a heavenly perspective above before it will impact or be settled on earth beneath us here. Oh, yeah. I know. Listen, here we go. Here we go. I know. I know. Here we go. So our soul or mind must lock in to the Word of God from a heavenly perspective above before it will impact or be settled through us on earth. Say locked in. Say my thought life needs to be locked in to the Word of God. 
When you have faith, it will be manifested through your perspective of life. Some people after prayer, they say, well, I thought I prayed in faith. Uh, How do I know if I prayed in faith? I said, well, after you prayed, how did you act? Well, I was negative. Well, then you didn't have faith. Right? What, What kind of emotions, what kind of attitude was coming from you once you prayed? Because if you truly believe you receive when you pray, it's going to change your whole outlook. Right? Come on, somebody. So it's going to be evident. It's going to be evident not just to you. It's going to be evident to all those around you. Right? Well, when we prayed for the baptism of the Holy Spirit, did you receive? Well, I hope so. All right, let's pray again. Let's pray again. Right? Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. It's tight, but it's right. You know it. Hallelujah. So the Word of God is substance and evidence in the spirit realm. And that's why if you're a carnal Christian and all you're looking at is the natural around you, you're going to get whipped by the devil every time. Because the promises in the Word, the Word of God is uh, substance and evidence in the spirit realm. We've been blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Spirit realm. Say spirit realm. And our faith is the substance and evidence in us that locks into the promises and pull them into the natural realm. Now, you know, the devil really has an easy job to try to bring discouragement on Christians. He really does. The default position, if you do nothing, you're you're just going to live a life of unbelief and just, you know, you're just... But you actually have to do something if you're going to walk in the blessing of God. Well... Isn't it just by faith? Well, yeah, but do you know what faith is then? Faith without works is dead. Are you following me? You still have to do something. Renew your mind with the Word of God. We're commanded to do it. Amen? So here's the deal. So you will command the mountain instead of talking about or complaining about the mountain in your life when you have a spiritual mindset. When you're locked into the Word of God, you will know it. Because a boldness will rise up against you to speak to that problem. Amen? Everything will look different from the heavenly places in Christ from above. I, I said this analogy before. It's kind of like uh, when you go, if you go to a big city, in New York City, you know, you're standing uh, by the Freedom Tower there or whatever. You're on the sidewalk. You look up and it's like, wow, that is huge. Man, that's huge. But you know what? When I flew over it at 36,000 feet in the jet... Look small. Come on, somebody. It's all about perspective. How are you viewing your problem? I was sitting up there, and we were flying over, and I'm like, man. And I'm, ta- I'm like, look, I'm, I'm crunching it right there. I'm crunching that Freedom Tower. <laughs> See, that's what you need to do with the problems you face. You need to be sit- you're sitting in heavenly places in Christ. You should be looking down on that problem and saying, not a problem. Look. Look, not a problem. Well, you get bored when you're flying across the country, all right? Hallelujah. Oh, my, my, my. You getting anything out of this? Now, when we... Oh, go actually, go to Hebrews 4.12. Hebrews 4.12. See, that's why it's important to know your identity in Christ. And know what you have through him because that will change your entire perspective and outlook on life. Amen? If someone's walking around in negativity, if you see, if, in fact, all of you living waters people, if you see someone walk around being negative, say, you need to shift your perspective. You need to get into the Word of God. Come on, get into the Word of God. Come on. Let, hey, I'm, we need to keep each other accountable, right? Come on, Pastor, don't get negative here. Okay, yeah, get, I, I get into the Word. I got to change my perspective, right? Amen. All right, so Hebrews 4.12, look at this. Are you hanging with me? For the Word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Now, so many Christians read this verse. Many Christians read the Bible and they think it's just kind of like a poetry thing. 
Oh, it's just sharper than any two-edged sword. No, 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 listen to me. This is describing the spiritual reality of what the Word of God looks like and is in the spirit realm. Are you following me? It is substance in the spirit realm. This is a reality. Say reality. It is living and powerful, energetic, or full of energy, full of power, and it's sharper than any two-edged sword. The Word of God is alive and full of energy in the spirit realm. The enemy hates it. There's a reason the enemy wants you to keep the Word of God out of your heart and out of your mouth. Because when it is spoken in faith, I'm telling you right now, there is an energy going out. Mm, Thank you, Lord. Wow. It is settled forever in heaven. But our, like I said, our faith, our spoken words, our actions settle it by pulling it into the natural realm. Our focus must lock in on it. We need to lock in on the word of God and not be moved by what's going on out here. Amen? When our faith connects to the energy or the power in the living word of God, miracles, healings, and breakthroughs start to happen. Listen to this. When we speak the word of God, we are releasing mountain-moving, miracle-working power and energy into the situation and in our life. I like that word, energy. Sometimes I think if we just hear the word power, we kind of just let it roll, you know. Say energy. The word of God is full of energy. Dynamite's full of energy. Are you following me? The Word of God is like, like dynamite. It's energy in the spirit realm. So faith is satisfied and content and fulfilled with the substance and evidence in the spirit realm. It says, I have it now. It's not moved by the circumstances in the natural realm. I know some things I'm repeating, but that's on purpose. I'm not going nuts on you, all right? Faith is focused on the provision that is available to us through Jesus in the spirit realm. And that is the perspective that God requires of us people. He is telling us to lift our head, lift it higher than the circumstances in our life. I don't care what it is you're going through. God, Romans 8, 28, he can turn it around for good. Say this, in fact, say God's going to turn it around for good. That's how Paul and Silas could sit in a cold, dark prison and praise God and calling out to him to set him free. And it's all about perspective. My goodness. If they could sit in that cold, dark prison, here, we're we're living in luxury. Our houses, we have everything we want. And we cry about it. Why Paul and Silas are in chains. We should be ashamed of ourselves. Think about that. It is all about perspective. If you will put your faith in action and begin to praise and worship God before you see the answer in the natural, I'm telling you right now, that will, that will release the energy of God, the power of God, and it will pull it and manifest it in your life. It'll become an eight, Romans 8.28 moment. I'm telling you, anybody had God turn something around you thought was just horrible. I mean, you, you thought, God, okay, God something's finally going to get you, right? I mean, this situation, oh no, he can turn it around. He can and he will, but you need to cooperate with him. You need to shift your perspective. He is requiring faith from his people, amen? When you feel like you can't take anymore, when the waves are beating against you and you feel like you're drowning, lift your hands and start praising God, come on. During prayer on Friday, the Holy Spirit spoke these words to me. He said, if my people will participate in the activities of heaven on earth, like praise, worship, unity, they will release the atmosphere of heaven on earth. On earth as it is in heaven. That's the perspective we need. When you get up in the morning, you need to say that to you. In fact, write it down on a card. Have it right next to you and pull it. And the first thing you say, say, God, today, I'm going to be an on earth as it is in heaven, Christian. I'm going to believe you no matter what is going on in my life or my family. Whatever it is. Finances, whatever it is. James chapter 1, and I'm getting close to being done here. James 1. 
It's hot up in here today. Woo! James 1, 2 through 4. Mm. You're going to walk out of here glowing. You're going to walk out of here vibing. Because the atmosphere of heaven was in this room today. His presence was in this room. His word is being released. You're in an atmosphere. Listen, you're in a cocoon of faith right now. You're in the corporate anointing right now. Amen? Something's got to change. Something's got to give because of that. Look at this. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. Oh, we hate that, don't we? But let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect and complete or mature, lacking nothing. If we will stay in the Word of God, if we will view trials differently, the way that God shows them here, a spiritual mindset sees them as joy. Now, it's not the trial itself. The joy is this. I have an opportunity to draw closer to God than ever before. And you can praise Him because I guarantee you, whatever that trial is, there's a promise that He's going to pull you out of it. That's what you praise Him about. Hey, by the way, I'm not talking about sickness or disease here. Hello, somebody. Listen, what my point is this, that God, that trial is not from God. That's what I'm trying to say. But we still praise him in it because there's healing promises. Are you following me? Because some people take this verse and they throw it way out of whack. They're like, oh, when you fall in, oh, God must have given this to me because he wants me to grow. No, 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 no. Sickness, disease, and infirmity is from the devil. Amen. Amen? But God can use it. And he will. He, listen, God will take any opportunity to help us grow in our character. Say character. So let patience have its perfect work on the inside of us. Don't allow the trials to throw you off course in your relationship with God. But rather let them cause you to draw closer to him. Amen? When we are persecuted for the sake of the gospel, Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5, you know what he said? He said, you're blessed if that happens. Can you believe that? But, no, no. A lot of the church wants to do something a little different because we're addicted to approval. So we're going to take out some topics and not talk about these because we don't want to be rejected. You know what? You're saying, I don't want to be blessed for preaching the whole word of God. Oh, come on, somebody. So I'm talking about viewing everything through the perspective of truth of the Word of God. That is the only true perspective on life. And let's finish up in uh, Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4. You guys have been great today. Hanging in there. Look at that. All right. Here we go. Philippians 4. It says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Listen to this. Be anxious for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, Whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of a good report, if there's any virtue, if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. The things which you learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do, and the peace and and the God of peace will be with you. Now, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Our perspective in this life should constantly lead us to rejoice in the Lord. We should always rejoice in the Lord. The word rejoice means this, to feel or show great joy or delight. So if you truly have that in your heart, it's going to be seen on the outward appearance. Amen? Be anxious for nothing. Look at this. Anxious means to have an unease or a nervousness about an event or something with an uncertain outcome. According to the Word of God, Prayer and supplication with thanksgiving should be sufficient 
to release the peace of God that passes all understanding. And that peace will guard your heart and mind through Christ Jesus. So peace that passes all understanding guards your heart and mind because it's something you don't even have to think about. When you're following the instructions, you're going to have, in the book, you're going to have such a peace. You're going to be like, man, I feel like I'm walking through a minefield here, but man, I have peace. I feel like praising God. I feel like having joy in the midst of this trial. Listen to this. I never knew in the past the word supplication. It said prayer and supplication. I always like, okay, I know what prayer is. Well, in the world, supplication, right? Here's what it is. Supplication means this. A greater pressing in of prayer or an intercession that needs more seeking on your part. See, here's the deal. You're gonna, this is the importance of being close to the Holy Spirit. You ready? Some things, one prayer is enough. For other things, a pressing in is required because of the spiritual warfare that's trying to hinder the blessing. Are you following me? All right, that makes sense to you. I hope that clarified that for you. So if that peace is not released in your heart and mind, then obviously you are blocking it by holding on to that care yourself and not giving it to God. Because it said, if you're following the instructions in this book, a peace will be released. If a peace isn't released, you're still holding on to it. Are you following me? Now, anxiousness is a cousin to fear. All right? It is the opposite of faith. It's the opposite of trust. Remember, our perspective from this life must be shaped by our faith in the Word of God. So that means our focus must be on the Word of God. Look, i got to point this out to you. Hang with me. Meditating on things in verse 8. So verse 8, you know, whatever things, blah, 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 right? Meditating on the things in verse 8 will frame the proper perspective that we should maintain in our thought life. I want you to notice they're all positive things. Positive attracts positive and negative attacks ne- uh, attracts negative. Have you found that out yet? Now, listen to this. These things are boundary lines for our thought life. These things are the, these things here, verse 8, are the test on whether we should hold on to or kick that thought out of our thought life. Now, I want to point something out to you. I, it got really illuminated to me when I was doing this, studying for this. Notice it says, whatever things are, and then it lists something. And then whatever things are, dot, dot, dot. What, are you following me? It's giving us a range of things that fall within those boundaries. Now, here's the deal. Here's the catch. They must pass the test of the Word of God and not your human opinion. Human opinion can greatly differ from the Word of God, right? Like, for instance, you can think a certain song. You're meditating on this certain secular song. Well, it's trash and you're meditating. But to you, it's good. Are you following me? It's still got to be within the other boundaries of the Word of God. Are you following me? Now look at, look at uh, 10 through 13 of, of Philippians 4. Here we go. But I rejoiced in the Lord greatly that now at your last care for me has flourished. Again, the, uh, though you surely did care, but you, lacked opportu- but you lacked opportunity. Not that I speak in regard to need, for I have learned, look at this, in whatever state I am to be content. I know how to be abased and I know how to abound. Everywhere in all things I have learned to be uh, both to, I have learned both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. The Apostle Paul learned how to be content and to find sufficiency in his relationship with Jesus. That is the perspective that we need. And in the waiting period, when that blessing is on its way, be content in your walk with the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? Let's stand up in this place. Hallelujah. It's all about perspective. It's all about, say perspective. Now maybe there's someone in here you've never made Jesus Christ the Lord and Savior of your life. Today is the day of salvation. Do not leave this building because you don't know. You could get in a car accident. You could drive. Whatever it is, please do not leave this place without making Jesus Christ the Lord and Savior of your life. 
I don't want you walking out of here and something happened to you. And on judgment day, on judgment day, you can never stand before God and say, you know what, Pastor James never gave me an opportunity. Oh, here's the opportunity. If you never made him Lord of your life, I want you to come forward this morning. Now, maybe you need to rededicate your life. Maybe you're one of those negative Christians. And maybe it was an eye-opener today that maybe you see how you negatively affected other people and you kept them away from Christ rather than drawing them to Christ. If you want to rededicate your life to the Lord, I want you to come forward. Now, maybe um, you've never received the Holy Spirit baptism with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. Come forward and I want to pray with you. Prayer for anything else. I'll stay up here as long as, uh, as we need. You need prayer for yourself or anybody else, please. But, but let's just really keep a proper perspective. Let's meditate on the Word. Get into the Word. I don't care. Read a chapter a day. Do something. Say, I'm going to do something. But let's maintain the proper perspective, and let's be people of prayer. Amen? Visitors, thanks so much for coming today. We love you. Have a great week, everyone. Grab a paper on the back with all of the details of the events here. We have something basically Tuesday through Friday. So I love you all. Have a great week. Come on back next week.